Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday scripture reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob Gallia. And I'm Danny Sullivan. And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. Danny, sing us a song. Please stop asking me to sing on the podcast <laughs> if you're not going to let me sing on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, or even you... <laughs> when I sing in the office, you tell me to stop singing. Or I put on my headphones, yeah. my noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as I can embarrass myself, you're like, Danny, please, share a song. <laughs> there you go. I'm giving you, we're giving you a platform here. Mm, I don't know. Thousands that... of people can listen to you um, sing, sing songs. Thousands of people don't deserve that kind of pain. <laughs> Well, Danny can sing, um, and uh, hopefully one day we'll get her. We'll, maybe we'll auto-tune her to the point where she sounds good. <laughs> I'm getting a death stare here. I feel like that happens a lot. I'm like, I don't want to say anything I'm going to regret, so I'll let my eyes do the talking. Yeah. No, well, hurts. How have you been, Father Rob? I've been well. I'm a bit yeah. tired today, but good. I, it, tired is a, a good sign. A satisfied tired, like not a tired that a grumpy. But I feel also at the same time that if I, I have too much pressure right now, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll probably wouldn't be too good company. Yeah. So when we finish this recording, I'm feel going, free to just leave at yeah, any point. And I have uh, <laughs> other meetings as well. So Skype meetings as well today. Anyway, Ooh, exciting, exciting times. Fancy day. With Germany. Someone the in country? Germany. <laughs> all of Germany is going to get Hello, it's, it's Australia speaking. <laughs> Hi, it's Germany speaking. Okay. Uh, enough. That, not, not a good joke. But That's anyway. okay. Okay, mm. back to our, <laughs> our podcast. Today we're talking about um, a beautiful gospel passage of Jesus asking us to calculate the cost, the cost of following him. And it is taken from the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. And take it away, Danny. Now great multitudes accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and take counsel, whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an embassy and asks terms of peace. So therefore, whoever of you does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Wow. Okay. So again, let's go straight into context. Okay. I, I think one of the things we need to put the Bible into is, is context. Context of the way it was written. Um, context also of the way it was interpreted at the time, but also not keep of applying it even more so to our lives today. So here we're in Luke, we're in chapter 14. So we had the story, the narrative, the birth of Jesus. We have the life of Jesus. And now Jesus is on a journey. Okay. It's a long journey. It's a prolonged journey throughout the scriptures, especially through Luke. And so he's on this journey towards where? 
Jerusalem. Towards Jerusalem. And so there's this long journey and he's have been having these conversations with these people. And so it's important. It is important that um, we understand that he's on his way to Jerusalem because it was written that he was on his way to Jerusalem for a purpose. And for us, because we know in hindsight that Jesus was heading to Jerusalem for one purpose and the greatest purpose of all, which was... Well, he was going to die for us. He was going to die on the cross, you see, and he knew that. He knew that he was going to die on the cross, but the people didn't know. So they, he was surrounded by multitudes of people because people had heard so much about Jesus. They were a fan of Jesus. You know, they saw the miracles. They saw him stand up to the Pharisees. They saw him stand up to others and they saw him uh, triumphant, you know. And, and so they thought, wow, let's get onto this journey. And multitudes of people started to follow Jesus on this journey because they thought he was on his final destination to take over the empire to take over the Roman Empire from Jerusalem because that's the way it was prophesied in the Old Testament, the way they interpreted it and the way that they thought it was going to happen. So they now was the time to follow Jesus because now's the time of glory. Now's the time of fame. Now's the time. Now we'll show them those, those Romans. We'll show them. So they wanted to witness something glorious, something amazing, some, a war. So they were already, they brought their packed lunches. They got, actually maybe they didn't because they were hungry at a point, but they, they were really ready for this journey and all of a sudden Jesus changes the discourse he turn, turns to them and starts to tell them hey guys um, I'm gonna throw a few hints here and he's thrown a few hints already over the last few weeks but now he's throwing an even a bigger hint and so um, he's asking for their loyalty and he's asking for sacrifice um, and he's saying that to follow him, um, they, it's not going to be an earthly power and it's, it's not going to be glory, but you have to be ready to suffer, to sacrifice the dearest things of your life and sacrifice them all for what? For further suffering, for further pain, for further travail. Hey, we know that word now. <laughs> yes, we do. So, yeah, so we come to this point and, and so it's a, quite an interesting discourse that happens here. I think it's really interesting that he chose to have this discourse when there was, I guess, when he was at his most popular, mm. like these multitudes of people had kind of joined the bandwagon, maybe a little bit late, but they were enthusiastic. They were ready. They were keen. And then Jesus decides to tell them like, oh, but you should probably count the cost before you commit yeah, because, you know, it's not going to be easy and it's not exactly what you're expecting and you have to choose this above everything else. Yeah. Like, you know, last week he was at a nice dinner party. But, you know, that message might have been hard to hear. But then with multitudes of people with, you know, this huge crowd, he's still just like, no, I'm going to tell them the truth. It's not going to be easy and it's not what they want to hear. And so many would have just been, you know, walked away. Maybe they couldn't commit. And that's such a, I don't know, a gutsy move, but it had to happen. And often Jesus would tell people, hey, sort of, um, are you going to follow me? This is the price you have to pay. And one of them that's coming to mind is the Eucharist when he says, those of you who do not eat my, my flesh and drink my blood, (laughs) <laughs> will not enter the kingdom of yeah. heaven. And everyone left except yeah. a few. And he even told Peter, he said, Pete, you want to leave as well? And he said, Lord, the famous words, Lord, I, where would I go if I don't follow you? Yeah. And so he is left with his, um, with these people. And he's not interested in getting followers. 
you know, he's, he's interested in, in gathering disciples. Mm. And so this is where that starts to purify. And he says these harsh words. He says, he says, if you don't, if you don't hate, I don't know how it goes exactly, but you have to hate your, your family or mother yeah. and father. Everyone in your family, yeah. wife, sister, mother, father. Yeah. And that's it, it, to follow me. But and fair enough. Let's let's put it into also that into the linguistic context as well. So uh, English English is is not a superlative language. You know, even we don't have uh, words that are superlative. Like we say the most, or we don't have mostest, and <laughs> and you know, it, 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 very limited language. But the the in Palestinian times, he, Hebrew is very superlative. Everything was superlative. People spoke in the superlative all the time when they wanted to make a point. Like uh, another thing that's coming to m- my mind again is it, it is easier for uh, an, a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. So that's ridiculously superlative. Okay. So it's just saying, this is how hard it is. It is harder than the impossible. Okay. But for God, all things are possible. And so this is another one of those cases is saying that the, your love for me has to be so big compared to any other love that you have that it almost becomes like like hate in comparison. And that's a harsh thing. And he's not talking about a, a, a hate, again, that is a, an, a, the lack of love and respect, okay? As a, I was watching a documentary of the Westboro Baptist churches, you know, and they're all about hate and bringing about hate. And it's, it's not that. What he's saying is that you have to love me so much more than anything and anyone and more than you could ever even imagine, okay? Because you, if, without this love, you're not going to suffer the, the, the you're not going to bear the suffering. You're not going to bear the, the, the pain. You're not going to bear the cross. And so keep, keep strong and keep strong in this love. Hey, Father Rob, you know how much I love my family. I mm. don't think that we can even get through a podcast without me being like, my <laughs> brother did this or my sister did this. So that comparison of like, okay, if my love for my family has to seem like hate in mm. comparison to how much I should love God. Like that's crazy. Like that is it, you know, it's hard to even comprehend. But you know, when when life's going well. It's, it's easier like yes. to love God because you're like, oh, God is faithful and generous and he's always there. But then Jesus is telling us here that we're supposed to bear our cross and we're supposed to do that willingly. But that makes love for Jesus harder. Yes. Like, you know, when he's, when he's distant and when he's far away, like that is not easy to keep our eyes fixed on him and to love him when, you know, and that love has to make everything look like hate in comparison. Yeah. But how, how do we do that when, he's, when he seems so far away? Well, I think it's about not not um, choosing family in a sense over God. You know, like I, I, I know in the little sort of um, experience of my own life, you know, I, I moved to the opposite side of the world from my family and it was hard. I'm really close to my family and I don't want to be away from them. But at the end of the day, the will of God is more important to me and the purpose of God is more and the call of God is more important to me and my, my family, in a sense, um, it doesn't mean I don't love them. And I love them with a greater love because of that. But at the same time, that love is, is not a love that controls, but it's a love that frees. Mm. Um, but it's a love that comes with a great sacrifice and great heart wrench and a, great, a lot of pain. But at the same time, again, it's through this um, uh, walking with God that we find strength um, to, to love God more than anything else. 
And where God is when God is absent, absolutely. But it's not, it, it, it's just, it's a struggle and it's always going to be difficult. And when it becomes easy, then it doesn't become a cross. Eh? Mm. And so that's what, what that journey is about. And I think it's also worth pointing out that this journey, like, yes, God might seem distant, but he is never distant. Like he's carrying this cross with us. And even as we're on this journey through Luke's gospel, he's walking towards his cross. He is already carrying that in a sense, maybe not physically, but when we bear our cross, he's there bearing it with us. Mm. And he's, he's the destination. Like he's at the end waiting to welcome us home as well. Like this isn't. We're never left alone. That's right. And he's bearing the cross before us as well. Mm. Like he walks through this. He doesn't say, okay, guys, pick up your crosses. No, he says, pick up your crosses and follow me. But mm. I'm also with my cross. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, uh, follow I'll me. see you at the end. Yeah, see you at the end. <laughs> he's carrying his cross as well. Yeah. But also there are, I think, two truths that came out of this scripture as well. Um, I think the first thing that uh, that stood out to me was that um, it is possible to be a follower of Jesus without being a disciple. Mm. It's possible. You know, just like, um, for example, having um, soldiers going to war and then they stop at certain places, you know, and we see this in footage in like Afghanistan or places. You have these people, the locals sitting down and, and playing games with the soldiers. But when it comes to war, these civilians, so to speak, disappear and then the soldiers continue on at war. And that's the same how we are with Christ. Sometimes we join him at the campfire when things are fine, but when it comes to war, we all disappear. And so, and this I think is very much a problem with the church today. Many followers, and there are many followers in the church, distant followers, but few disciples, few that are ready to pay the price to go to war, to carry the cross of Jesus. And there's this guy, um, William Barclay, and he, in one of his lectures, he talked about um, this student, so um, a mother of a student, came to speak to him after a lecture head, a public lecture he gave. And so they came up to him and they said, hey, um, Professor Barclay, um, my son was one of your students. He looked at her and said, listen, your, your son attended my lectures, but he wasn't one of my students. Okay. And that's a bit harsh you see? because to be one of the students of the professor, of especially a high class professor, means that you were discipled by this professor, that you could proclaim that, hey, this person was one of my, my disciples, was one of my students. So almost represents my theories, represents my, my synthesis, represents who I stand for as an academic. And so, but the, this person couldn't do that because they were just attending lectures and they never actually became a student. It's just like that. P's get degrees. So you can be a follower. <laughs> What's that? Explain that. To- You've never heard P's get degrees? No. P's is in like a pass. It's like the lowest ah, okay. passing grade. So you've done attendance, you did the assignments, you passed, but you might've passed with 51%. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. a HD... That's a high distinction. Yeah, high distinction. You went to class, you studied it, you know it, you can write about it. Mm. But yeah, so it's like. Exactly. It's more you understood it, you've internalized it as well and it became part of you. Exactly. Yeah. And it cost you everything because from the 51% to the high high distinction, um, it, it costs a lot more than zero to the 51%. So it costs, yeah, a big cross to carry. And then it finishes with HD's make employees. Oh my <laughs> so there's a reward so at the say end. it all together. P's, uh, P's get degrees, HD's make employees. Oh, there you go. Employees. Yeah. And what about entrepreneurs, leaders? Anyway, so anyway, we can do <laughs> 
Second thing, first point is that the, the followers without, you can be a follower without being a disciple. But the second thing is that it is the Christian's first and primary duty to count the cost of following Christ. You have to think about what it's going to cost. Well, it is so easy to follow Jesus and think, oh, okay, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll commit and um, I'll, I'll sort of, I'll just be a follower. I'll do what I want. And almost with a cafeteria Catholicism, thinking I believe God in this way. I, I hold on to this faith on this part of my, my Catholic faith, but I'm not going to hold on to this part. You know, I become a partial follower of Christ mm. and I don't count the cost. If you're following Christ, you're following the whole cafe, you know, you're taking the whole menu and it is sometimes hard to swallow. These things are really difficult to carry, but that's what it means to be a follower of Christ, to pay everything it will cost you everything it's the campfire but it's the walk it's the journey but it's also the crucifixion but again and then it's also the resurrection mm. that comes at the end but we need to, to persevere and so there's this story that um, Luke gives and he talks about building a tower which probably was a vineyard tower so there's a tower which was built in the middle of a vineyard and the they used to get shift workers to stand in this in this tower to make sure that there are no thieves okay and so what they're saying is that you don't start to build a tower and then just leave the, the, the foundations on the ground without having enough money to complete it because you're better off um, building a fence, you know, and it's an embarrassment. It's a big embarrassment. And plus, when there's a tower that is incomplete, it's, it becomes a means of vulnerability as well because people will say, ah, they didn't finish that tower, so we can, we can steal here. It becomes easy. And I think another point there is that if, if you do, you know, have half a tower, if you you know, told, told people that you're going to commit to this faith thing and then you leave, that's affecting others. That's going to be like, okay, that person tried and failed. So I just won't bother trying because apparently it's too hard. And especially if they're, you know, they look up to you and you are in a position, you're a Catholic influencer and people are like, yeah, you know, they are someone that I want to be like. And then you don't want to commit. You don't want to count the costs. You don't want to be a complete follower of Jesus. You don't want to give him your everything and you abandon it. Like you don't know how many people that might affect as well mm. that witness this half-built tower, that witness this kind of abandoned faith. It, it doesn't promote hope and, you know, faith in Jesus. It's the opposite. It promotes that it's too hard or that yeah. it's not worth it. And also uh, the cause of scandal as well. You know, yeah. when we go into things and then we don't commit to holiness, we can become lazy in our journey. We stop battling. We stop, we stop wrestling with God again. We stop travailing. <laughs> and then <laughs> once, once we stop doing that, eventually, um, if we f sort of fall away, we can, we can lead people astray as well. Mm. So we need to count the cost and know that as in any, any investment, so to speak, be it a financial investment, an investment in marriage as well, you know, when you commit to marriage, you have to commit forever. You have to count the cost of never, ever being with another person and being faithful to this person, whether they get sick or wh whether they change their moods or whether they, they have, you, you know, whatever it is, it's about being committed and thinking about the cost. And that's the same with following Jesus, that we need to count the cost. I like that example of marriage. Like, you know, you can't just decide to get married to test the water. I don't know. There's this show in Australia. It's called Married at First Sight. Mm. And they just put like, they do some psychology test and put two strangers together and they get married on national TV and the whole country watches them. It's really, it's a terrible show, but it's huge at the moment. And, but like that, like you don't, 
you know, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're they not go on counter cost. Yeah. yeah. They just kind of do it and see if it'll work out. But we're called to like, no, is this going to work? Because yeah. we can't just do this half-heartedly. We have to give everything to this. We have to, yeah, be willing to hate our families for this. Yes. And that's to what choose Jesus them. is asking us to do for him. Yeah. And, and also families, so to speak, have been divided because of marriages. And I'm not saying that that's a, a good thing, but at the end of the day, when you're married, you're committed to your spouse forever. That is your primary vocation. Your, as a married person, your primary vocation is to make sure that your, your husband, your wife gets to heaven. You have to make sure at all costs, you have to be, you're a team from then on. And sometimes that comes at a cost even of divisions within families. Now, it's not to say that you, you are to have divisions and that God willing, there are no divisions. And, but at the end of the day, you're choosing when in marriage, in the commitment to marriage, you're choosing your spouse above all else. And that needs to come and you need to calculate the cost. You can't go in and say, oh, I didn't think about this. Like I was, yeah, you know, when, when I went on to the X Factor. I was oh, thinking, wait, what? <laughs> when I was on, on to the X Factor, I auditioned, but I didn't think I was going to get past my audition yeah. and so when all the judges said oh okay four yeses and I got onto boot camp I'm thinking oh man I didn't think this through didn't count the cost I didn't count the cost of the time that it would be to be away and all of that it's a, more, a little bit more complicated than that but that's the same thing and I didn't go to the end and not because I gave up because that was a, a, a sort of a word spoken to my heart in prayer but you see this whenever we do something we need to think and to analyze and to study the cost and the cost of following Jesus is great mm. it's massive but as you said as well, it is, it's, we should never be overwhelmed by the cost because Jesus is going to journey with us. Yeah. He's going to carry the cross with us. He's going to carry the cross before us. We're not going to know where to go. He's going to make the pathway easier for us as we carry the cross behind him. But also he's going to be there welcoming us home. You know, the resurrected Christ is going to tell us, good, come in, you good and faithful servant. Yeah. And I think that that's a really beautiful point that, yeah, like this, this carrying the cross, this suffering, this counting the cost is finite. Like mm. it has an end point. Exactly. And then, but eternity, like the infinite life, like that is not. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> that's going to last long. <laughs> For a long, long time. Um, but that's not where the cross is. Like the cross has mm. an end. And that's where we reach the destination. That's where Jesus is already waiting for us. Yes. And what, and what joy it will be when we, and this is what Jesus was preparing them on the way to Jerusalem. He's mm. saying, hey guys, you want triumph now, you want heaven now, but to get to heaven, to get to this victory, this empire, this kingdom of God, you have to first um, follow me and to follow me at the greatest cost. And that even means death and, and death to self and death also in choosing me above all else. So in that hope, we're going to finish this week's podcast. Um, we hope that you've, you know, learned a little bit more about this scripture, about the cost of discipleship, what, what it takes of us to be a true and authentic disciple of Jesus and what he's asking for us. We look forward to continuing on this journey to Jerusalem with you and with Jesus throughout the rest of Luke's gospel for the rest of the liturgical year. Please get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. Uh, FIG Ministry social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, podcast at figministry.com. And snail mail, my favorite. <laughs> like you just added that onto the end. Yeah, why not? P.O. Box. So it's FRG Ministry, and then it's P.O. Box 96, Strathdale, Victoria, 3550. 
Australia. If you want to like attention that to Danny, um, that would make me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I don't even know how I'm trying to think of like a Catholic influencers podcast. If you want to be a care of care of <laughs> Danielle, yeah, yeah, okay, just just for my own little amusement, because I feel special in the office. We're gonna end this podcast, <laughs> so it's been great, um, and thank you for your attention and high five to Danny, and she's leaving me hanging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, high five. Okay, oh, we're done. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.